This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brunett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We are known as the Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. That's 99 years of seeing transformed uh, lives. And next year will be our great 100th celebration, 100-year celebration. And this program, the Good News Program, has been established to help bring some encouragement to, to people in our community and also highlight what we do every single day when we serve the homeless. If this is the first time you've ever tuned in, uh, we have been serving the homeless and needy for 99 years. Our flagship centers, our beginning centers, are in Miami. Uh, we serve men, women, and children on a daily basis. We have residential programs. We have external programs. We have housing. We have outreaches that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And then we started our Hollywood, our Broward Center, in 1992 from a storefront in 1997. Opened up the very first comprehensive center for men, women, and children for homelessness. And now has, it's a 25 years be coming up next year. And so we've grown over the years. And as you've seen, as you travel about the counties, uh, you see more and more homeless, especially in the last three or four months, I have. Now, the numbers totally uh, with the, uh, the services that we have in all of the state and in our counties is called the Continuum of Care. There are other providers for homeless services. Uh, we have reduced uh, from years and years ago, decades ago, the thousands and thousands of homeless people that used to be on our streets. In fact, they used to be encampments or under the bridges. They were in Fort Lauderdale and parks and, and camping out. And we're not where we want to be. The, the, the country is not where, we, where it wants to be. And personally, uh, our, our goal is that no one is homeless. That is our vision. And yet, uh, even though the numbers have shrunk that you might have seen through the years, we still have homeless everywhere. And I've seen them up in my neighborhood. When I travel in places that you don't think you'd see someone homeless or in need, I don't know how many times you personally have been approached at a uh, you know intersection with someone with a cardboard sign that says homeless, please help. Or you see a woman with a child, can you help us? And your heart goes out to them. But after a while, you see the same person there every single day. And you think, wait a second, if that person can stand there and hold a cardboard sign up in the hot sun for four or five hours, why can't this person go out and get a job? And that's where the rest of the story comes in. And you may see someone that seems, you know, okay at that moment and smiles, maybe a little disheveled, maybe hasn't taken a shower, uh, and you'll give them money or maybe you just avert the eye contact and just go on your way. Uh, but that person has a story. And I've seen that for my 30 years here, by the way, I've been here 30 years. And you'll, I've seen people that you would think, wow, how did they ever end up on the streets? We have stockbrokers, professional athletes, lawyers, bankers, uh, teachers uh, from all spectrum of life. And then when you listen to them and the horrific things, the tra tragedy things that have happened, the tragic things that have happened in their life, you better understand. And people start self-medicating and they get depressed and their mental illness sets in and they just don't want to go on any further in life they've lost their family or maybe they lost a loved one tragically or or they just given up on life and, uh, and on the other spectrum we have people that have been hooked on drugs from a very young age you know they get into the gangs when they're in school children i think it's cool 
Uh, the women get involved with it, and, and then they have two or three babies. They're 16, 17, 18 years old, having more babies. The guys are now getting deeper and deeper into the uh, trench hold of addiction. And let me tell you, it, maybe you have battled on a personal level addiction of some type. It doesn't have to be drugs. It could be you know watching TV, uh, binging TV. Uh, seems pretty harmless, but that can be an addiction. Uh, eating can be an addiction. Uh, sex can be addiction. There's all sorts of addictions. Gambling can be an addiction. And have you ever known anybody or you yourself have gone through that? Uh, people even get addicted to prescription drugs. And you see the Oxycontin that shut that down and try to really make it difficult for people to get the medicine because it was just being abused so much. And uh, it's very difficult. You have to have a mindset to say, you know, enough's enough. And you make false starts. You get started. You, you slip back. Uh, maybe you've had a routine where you said, I definitely need to get in shape. I need to lose some weight. I got to get some exercise. And you, have, you go out and buy equipment or you join a gym and then you just give up. You, know, you, don't, you don't have the stamina. And that's oftentimes, I'm, I know it's very, very uh, diverse, but that's oftentimes how it is when men and women uh, come into our centers. Uh, they may have had a chronic situation where they've been on drugs for many, many years. Maybe there's been some criminal activity. Uh, the women have been through maybe abusive relationship. That's most of what we have. Uh, they've been in a very, very um, just toxic relationship. They've got kids. Sometimes they come to our centers. Not only do they have children they're bringing, but they're pregnant. There are different fathers involved. It gets very, very complicated. There's a lot of mental uh, counseling that has to take place. And then in the heart of all that, and we don't hide this. We're a Christian organization. This ministry was started in 1922 by a couple that came down from Ohio, and, and they had a horse-drawn wagon, and they go out in the community when Miami was starting to really be built and offer assistance. And they want to tell people that God loves them and had a plan for them. And they'd have their, their food wagon, and people would take advantage of that. And then, of course, we went through 1926, uh, the terrible hurricane that devastated Miami. And then just through the, through, the, through, the, through the decades, you know, the Depression years, the mission stayed here. Then we had the war, and, and now we're right where we are now with COVID. So through all these situations, God has blessed us, this uh, ministry. Believe it or not, we can't do all that we do. Uh, all through the year without the support of our wonderful uh, donors and our volunteers. You know, with the COVID for the last two years, everything has changed. We're trying to regain some stability and then another variant, just like in your own life. But you can make a difference, especially as we approach the end of the year. Uh, Christmas is coming. I'm going to tell you what we did yesterday. I don't want to hold you in suspense. But you can go to caringplace.org slash Christmas. That's caringplace.org slash Christmas to help us finish the end of the year. For $2.10, you can provide a hot, nutritious meal. I've been here for 30 years, and I've seen it over and over and over again. Hope often does begin with the meal. Uh, when you want to talk to somebody that's on the street or coming off the street, and they're hungry, they're tired, they're disheveled, they haven't taken a shower, they haven't combed their hair, uh, they don't really want to hear what you have to say, no matter how nice you are. You know, So when they come in, they get a shower, they get a change of clothes, they get some hygiene products, they go in and have a delicious meal, they get a good bed to sleep in, and then they become more apt. They say, now I'm ready to listen. You've showed me that you care for me, and now I need to start caring for myself. And then we have all the support services around that. So go to caringplace.org slash Christmas. Now, yesterday, we had a tremendous outreach because of all the hard work that was done. We collected over 7,000 toys, uh, and we we serviced, when I say service, we had a drive through at our church property at Miami Gardens, over 500 families and their children and then their neighbor's children uh, came through. They got toys. They got uh, hygiene products. It was food giveaways. It was a prayer tent there for people that needed prayer. It was a glorious, glorious event. We did it in Thanksgiving.
Thanksgiving, and this was a little spin. All the toys were done for the kids. We knew the ages. And then this week, we're going to have a Christmas celebration in our centers. We have over 400 people in our centers in Miami and Broward. And so we have the men, we, the adults we want to get gifts to, and also all the children that we have to get gifts to. And, and again, God bless everyone that has been involved in this. You can become a volunteer and maybe not even have to come on campus. We're still doing our food drive. We're pretty much done with our toy drive, obviously, because we're having uh, the end of the year celebration. But then we're looking forward to 2022. That's going to be our 100-year celebration. And and realistically, even though we, we want to say that our vision is no one is homeless, uh, even the scriptures say, ancient scriptures says that the poor you have with you always, there's going to be some part of, uh, of our society that just somehow falls through the cracks. So again, thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And again, we have great things coming up. Another way you can help us, by the way, at the end of the year, if you're cleaning out your house and you're changing some things around, you're getting ready of some clothes, we have a thrift store operation. You know, you have Goodwill and Salvation Army. We have the Bargain Barn. And it's located at 8700 Northwest 7th avenue in miami it is a gorgeous store plenty of parking great prices we beat the competitors uh just items of every sort we have furnishings knickknacks collectibles uh uh just a lot of stuff Uh, and 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 the way that we get those items is that people that are moving or that are changing out in their home they will call us up or they go to our website at caringplace.org slash thrift that's caringplace.org slash thrift we will set up a time to come out and pick up your items you get a tax receipt and best of all you'll be helping those in the great greatest of needs and it's a training center for some of our men and women they go in there and they learn soft skills to get a future job well god bless you and stay tuned right here on news radio 610 wiod for more mission possible leon navarro here the senior community development associate for the miami rescue mission and the broward outreach centers i have on the line with us today two beautiful wonderful ladies from the broward county public defender office Please let me, allow me to welcome Phyllis Cook and Angela Perez-Cubas. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Good morning. What a pleasure to have you. I haven't been able to meet you in person yet, but as I told you, Angela, yesterday, my entire team was so, fell in love with all of you. I mean, you guys collected over 200 toys to give away to the children in our centers and the children in our community. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're giving away over 6,000 toys, so God knows we need the help. Tell me about that project, Phyllis. Tell me, how did you get the people in your office encouraged about doing this? Well, first of all, um, just want to let you all know, it was wonderful meeting everybody at the Broward Outreach Center yesterday. It was a fantastic experience, and everybody that came out, just had a great, wonderful, enriching time. So we really appreciate the hospitality. Um, As far as our office goes, we developed an employee-led social committee, which um, allows the employees to get together, um, interested employees to get come together monthly and and decide what we want to do as far as giving um, in, in some one aspect of it is to give back to the community. So when it came around to the holiday time, we really wanted to develop a donation drive, and we wanted to focus in on the teen population or the older children population because we thought that um, a lot of times um, these are the most overlooked um, population when it comes to toy drive donations. So our employees really responded greatly 
and they just they really latched onto it and they said you know what teens are where we're at and we want to go ahead and see what we can do for them so we're really proud of our employees here Thank you for having that committee. I mean, for those that are listening, if you don't have a social committee where you work, please bring that up, right? I mean, it's so important to understand that us, you know, the people that are working, that have a home, that have a family to go back to, it's so important to understand that there's so many other people in our communities that are suffering that are homeless, that are in need of so many things. So I love that, uh, Phyllis and Angela, social committee. So if you don't have one where you work, this is the time to bring that up, okay? Uh, And you would not be wrong about that. The teenagers in these families are sometimes overlooked. And I know I remember talking to Angela and telling her, Angela, if there is time and you guys can concentrate on that instead of the little ones, because we get so much for the little children in the families, right? So much fun to buy for them. But we have to understand that we also have middle and high school students that are expecting a gift this holiday season. So thank you so much for doing that. Now, Angela, I know that you came yesterday. Um, you, you actually helped me organize your team coming, and I thank you so much for that. You, you and I were constantly back and forth. Uh, going back and forth so your team could have a good experience and my team could welcome you and all that good stuff. Tell me a little bit about the Broward County Public Defender's Office, uh, Angela. Okay. Well, first of all, we wanted to thank you as well and your team for coordinating such an outstanding efforts as far as when we did arrive to give us a tour as well of your facility. So I just wanted to put that in there before I answered your question. Um, as far as the Broward County Public Defender's Office, we work with children ages 0 to 18, plus we also work with adults. And what our role is, is we advocate for clients, and we actually work with the criminal defendant who has a open pending charge. So we do a number of things in our office. So we handle all of Broward County, and we have many different roles in our organization to promote and help individuals who have crimes. So we try to lessen their charges. We try to prevent them from being committed as adults, committed as juveniles. And we also try to work with the entire family system. So that way there can be prevention in the long run. Thank you for doing that. I mean, uh, because we have women and children in our centers, and I know that life can, can turn into, you know, having a criminal case and uh, how important that you guys are there to help the families. And and something you said resonated with me. Sometimes it's not just the person who's in trouble. It's also the family as a whole, right, especially if it's a young person. Uh, So thank you, thank you. I mean, it's so important. And I know dealing with families and children for the last 10 years, I know that sometimes some of these crimes are a consequence of all the struggles and all the suffering that they have experienced throughout their lives, right? I'm sure you guys see that as well. And uh, and that's important. It's an important work that you're doing. Now, on uh, yesterday, uh, we actually uh, got ready. We prepared all the toys, all the families that registered. We had over 600 families from our community who registered to receive toys this holiday season. 
So you can only imagine the difference that you made uh, in the lives of the children and the young adults that are going to get all these items that you guys delivered. So, Phyllis, tell me about some of the reactions from your colleagues. I mean, I know not everyone from your office was able to come to the center. So tell me some of the reactions when you guys told them what happened. Um, we went ahead and took photos, and we sent it out on an office-wide email yesterday, and it's just been phenomenal. It's it's heartwarming, and it's inspiring. I mean, our public defenders work tirelessly every day, and the support staff, and um, Angela in particular works very closely with our juvenile department, so it's it's very enriching for us, and it's inspiring going into the new year to know that we were able to do something more positive. A lot of times we are um, on the other side, we're representing the criminal defendant, the person who couldn't afford to hire a private attorney. And a lot of times we see those devastating impacts of homelessness. And this was just one opportunity for our employees to say, you know what, we have an opportunity to make up yet again, another positive impact. I think that's the core of the public defender's office is really trying to turn a negative experience or a negative situation and turn it around and turn it into something more positive. So this was just a natural outreach, a natural progression from what our public defenders and support staff does every single day. So it, it was just very affirming for many of the employees here. So it was a very positive impact. That's amazing. And and the impact and how many you guys collected, I mean, we're talking about 200 plus uh, toys and gifts. Now, Angela, give me some of the examples, and this is for our listeners, okay? Sometimes, um, you know, the people that are listening to our shows, they probably want to do the same thing you guys are doing, and sometimes they need ideas, right? I know maybe for the next year, we, I, I know we're going to need toys again. So, Angela, give me some of the examples of the gifts that you guys brought. Okay. Well, one of the things we thought about is when you're working with adolescents, there's a real need, and it's obviously very different than when you and I were children. So we focused on some of the natural items, such as skateboards, we thought was really important. We were able to receive tennis rackets, for example. We thought about some sweaters and jackets, but obviously we didn't know the size of the individual. So we did collect a array of items that, like I said, skateboards. Um, Phyllis, I don't know if you can jump in and probably remember some of the items off the top of my head. I'm actually really thrilled about one of my late finds the night before was a ring light. We all know that some of these kids all still have phones. (laughs) And and I just know that the number one item that's going to go quickly is that ring light. But I also... um, we focused a lot on makeup, makeup kit, purses, yeah. things of that nature for the girls, but sports equipment for the boys. But I also um, recall some artist supplies, uh, maybe some sketching and stencil kits, um, things of that nature that may be able to inspire some more creativity. Um, we wanted to also add in gift cards um, and hopefully in our next toy drive um, for the teens, we're going to be adding some gift cards into that. 
Um, so that's certainly something that can be um, appropriate for a teen if you're really so, just looking for So something. many, and so many great ideas. Angela Phillips, I want to thank you. I want to thank the Broward County Public Defender's Office for everything that you guys are doing. It is important work, and not only that, you're also helping the community through this beautiful project. I, I thank you. I hope to see you again. I mean, meet you in person, and thank you for joining us this morning. <laughs> Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. And Patricia McFoy, Community Development Associate for the Miami Campus and also our Broward Outreach Centers. Oh, my God, Patricia. Let's talk about everything that we did yesterday, that Christmas event. Oh, my God. Yes, it was so amazing. I mean, it was just such a blessing to be a blessing, right, to our community and um, the people that are in need for this uh, Christmas season, right? (laughs) Listen, for any one of our listeners, if you helped with donating a toy or making a monetary donation or helping in any way, maybe you came to volunteer one of the days when we were sorting and packing the toys for the children. Thank you so much for that. I mean, we're talking about 600 families who registered, who received so much. I mean, no yes. many toys. What else did we give them, Pat? They were able to receive food boxes, socks, hygiene items. I mean, they were even able to receive Christmas trees. It was amazing. I mean, we're so grateful for our wonderful donors and supporters who really help in making it a success for the families. And um, most importantly, too, they were able to receive a prayer um, under our connection tent. Uh, They received prayer, a time with uh, churches to get connected, to get plugged in. We had Santa Claus here. I mean, it was just amazing. And it is because of our wonderful supporters and um, donors that really helped us with um, the event. Yeah, I always say that, um, you know, to our listeners, this is a message for every single one of you. I mean, we cannot do much without the help of our community. So we were able to do so much because of that love and support that we're receiving from all of you. And and not only did we bless the the families in the community, but we also, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, we had our winter wonderland, and we were able to... I'll give away to the mothers in the program. These are women, victims of domestic violence and abuse. They live in our centers with their children. They were treated to gifts, to a nice lunch, something Mm -hmm. private, right? Because we want them to feel that love as well. And these are women that have struggled so much. And and they were so happy. I mean, we have so many pictures. If anyone who's listening wants to uh, connect with us in any way, whether you want to volunteer or you want to be part of the next event, right? Or Mm -hmm. or if you just want information and pictures and you want to see what we're telling you about what we're describing, uh, please reach out to us, either Patricia McFoy or myself. Uh, we would be happy to to keep you in the loop, right? Because I know not a lot of people want to go out uh, at the moment, but we want to keep you informed and we want to let yes. you know what we're doing. And, and and let me tell you, Patricia, thank you for m- mentioning the Connection Tent, uh, Good Life Church, right? They did such an amazing job and all the volunteers that were praying. Um, what are some of the comments that you heard from the people that were coming through? So blessed, so happy uh, to be able to receive prayer. I was hurt, um, lost family, and prayer 
um, have been such an amazing um, blessing to be able to receive it through, um, you know, our outreach. I mean, it was available to them. They also were able to get information, other information. Um, so they were really, really blessed. And this is this is what we, we've been hearing. They also received a nice prayer card um, that they can uh, read with their families. It had some verses, um, just a message for them uh, just to be grateful during this time, right? Um, we know it's not easy for everyone, uh, whether it's a loss in the family or they're going through something, right? But we can always be encouraged with the word. So uh, that was also given to the families. Um, and we, we were truly grateful uh, for churches or ministries that, that are also helping with that aspect. Everyone received so much. And it's not just about the children for us. It's also about the families as a whole. And, yeah. and I think everyone was blessed, like Patricia said. Patricia, thank you so much. I mean, it's always wonderful. We work uh, together hand in hand to make these events happen. Uh, yeah. I guess the message today is very clear. 2022 is right around the corner. If you want to start the new year helping us here at the ministry and you want to help by volunteering, supporting, writing a check, bringing a donation of anything, please get in touch with either uh, Patricia or myself. We'll be happy to welcome you. Uh, we're always ready to do tours and you can always visit our website at www.caringplace.org. Thank you for joining us, Patty. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Well, I'm Marilyn Brummett and I love this part of the program where we get to talk to someone uh, that wants to tell their story and can tell their story. I'm here with a wonderful young man. I wish you could see him sitting across from me in his wonderful gray shirt and blue tie. He definitely does look like a CEO of a company. Um, I always say that because I really mean it. And uh, But there's more to the story. And uh, life has been challenging for you. And I have with me here today, Anthony. So, Anthony, thank you for being here and be well, be willing to tell your story. Thank you for having me. Well, let's go back in time and let's go back to your childhood and your family life, because that's where everything started. Yes. Well, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and I was born into a family that was indoctrinated into a cult that professed to be Christian. And this re this religion was all I knew growing up. But one thing that I realized was that I didn't have a real spiritual connection. I didn't feel connected to God in, in this faith that my family believed in. And even though they were grooming me to be to work full time for this religion, I knew I wanted a different life for myself. And I set out and made a plan that when I got older, that I was going to leave this religion, even though I knew it was going to dis um, excommunicate me from my family. Mm. So I had that heavy on my mind growing up as a teenager. Music was always a part of our household growing up. So I had a, a deep passion for music. And when I left home, when I left home and left my religion, I pursued music in the club scene mm -hmm. uh, and but also in this club scene i was introduced to drugs mm. and crack cocaine double-edged sword absolutely and this became um this escalated in my life um 
when, and, and even though I worked and I was functioning at some, sometimes when I didn't have a job, I would try boosting, stealing to get money to, to continue my drug, my drug use. And I wound up hitting a bottom. But thankfully, someone in my life, an employer of all people, referred me to N.A. Mm -hmm. And through N.A., I was able to connect to a sponsor. And this sponsor was a DJ who inspired me to DJ clean and sober. Wow. And it took a while. I I still use he he guided me through the steps of N.A. And um, but and he always encouraged me to go to detox and to a treatment program because I had a hard time staying clean on my own. Um, after hitting a bottom with crack cocaine, I decided, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to take your my sponsor's advice and go to detox. He drove me mm-hmm. to detox. From detox, I went to a long-term treatment program. Mm-hmm. And this was an intense um, therapeutic community. And I um, learned enough from there to get a foundation, a firm foundation in my recovery. Mm-hmm. But while I was in there, my sponsor passed away. Mm. And when um, I left the program, I decided I wanted to follow in my sponsor's footsteps as a DJ. I wanted to do what he did. I wanted to be this DJ who was clean and sober. And and because I stayed clean and sober, I got to do so many of the things that my DJ, that my sponsor did as and, a DJ. And so you said off air that he actually left you his uh, vinyl records. And his all, whole collection, all his collection. whole collection of records. And uh, I got to go places that he wanted to go um, to South Africa to DJ and but homelessness continued to be a part of my story, even clean and sober. Okay, well, we're going to take a break right there, but we're going to come back in just a moment. So please don't touch that dial so you can hear more of Anthony. Anthony, We're in the midst of his story, and I don't want to take any time from that. So, Anthony, let's go on. So when I got um, I went to South Africa, got to DJ, but I couldn't afford to bring my vinyl records back to the States and I had to leave everything. And I came back to the States with just a shirt on my back, was homeless for a while, but managed to get a job um, working in the Broadway theaters in New York City as a bartender, making good money, but not able to get affordable housing. And so I was I continued to struggle with homelessness. I was either sleeping on people's friends, couches or in the homeless shelter and I always believed in God, always, but never had a relationship with God or Jesus. But mm-hmm. I always believed in God. I always felt like I was being protected. So um, I ended up get, landing a good job in New York, um, made, saved some money so that I could um, finally get a place of my own. Mm-hmm. And I decided to move to Venice Beach, California, where I could um, not only work as a bartender, but I also wanted to get involved in homeless services. There's a huge homeless population in Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually got to go to Venice Beach and get um and, and get an apartment. But the job that was going to sustain this apartment didn't hire me. Mm-hmm. And things fell apart really fast. I knew that I was going to be homeless again. But um, I decided that, no, you know, I, I don't want to be homeless again. I, I need something. And, and I wound up moving in 
to um, my uncle's house and my uncle was an alcoholic. And, and that was in Florida. This was in Florida. He lives in central Florida. And while I was um, living with him, our, our relationship got very toxic. And um, I wasn't going to meetings and a meetings at that point. I was still clean and sober. But and I felt like I, I was on the verge of relapse. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, but at that point, I started um, looking online to see what kind of work I could do. COVID had hit mm-hmm. and I was stuck in his house and I felt really hopeless. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like there was a way out of this toxic relationship that I was in with my uncle. So I looked on, I was looking online for possible jobs. I still wanted to be in homeless services and the Miami rescue mission came up and I was really fascinated by this organization and all that it's doing, um, for, for the homeless community. And I said, maybe one day I'll get to move to Miami and work for them. And I wrote it down and I had it as a goal on my wall. Wow. <laughs> and, um, a year, went by with living with my uncle. I thought I would never be able to leave his his house. And when when things got really bad between he and I, I knew I had to leave. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to leave. And um, I ended up calling the Miami Rescue Mission and I said, um, when can, how can I get in? And they um, told me to come in um, on Monday. This was a Saturday and I, and I came Sunday night. I slept on that sidewalk in front of the gate. And I didn't know that it was a, a, a Christian based program. I didn't know what that entailed. Mm-hmm. But when I um, got in, I thought that I would be able to just go to work and, and it was a regular shelter. But the regeneration program was something that I, I didn't know that I was ready for. But as I started going to chapel and getting into my Bible, and and started reading the Bible, I started developing a relationship with Jesus. And I what didn't expect that to happen. So this um, has definitely been a turning point in my life spiritually, the Miami Rescue Mission. And that's been the best thing that's happened for me is the my new friendship and relationship with Jesus. Well, wow. I couldn't have said it any better. So you found out it wasn't a religion, but it's a relationship. Yes. And that makes everything different. Everything. Well, I'm so excited just seeing you and hearing you sitting here across from me. I know the best is yet to come. And I know you're going to aspire to do something great and go back to school and maybe get some more certification. You're going through the education department right now. So God bless you. And I hope those that are listening will continue to pray for Anthony as he goes forward on his path. God bless you. Thank you. Well, what a great testimony from Anthony. You know, that's what it's really all about. That's what good news is about when people come in with distraught, have problems in their life, and they're able to see a light, a glimmer through that tunnel. You know something? I'm in a great big pit. I can't see even up because it's so dark, but then I start seeing a little bit of light, and maybe I can change, and maybe things will be different. And what we do in our centers in Miami and Broward, uh, yes, we have rules and responsibilities and accountability, but if you've been on the streets or you have chronic homelessness or you just kind of like had a free lifestyle, uh, you need to learn how to, in, in our opinion, 
You need to learn how to follow basic rules if you're going to keep a job and, and be successful in, in society. So they come in. They don't know what's going on. But then they start seeing, hey, this is working for me. And then we have a spiritual component. We believe that God has a plan for everyone. We don't force that belief on anyone. You can come in and volunteer, be of any faith or no faith. But when you're here, you're going to see Christian principles, Judeo-Christian principles in action. And we do believe that God has a plan for people. And we do have a spiritual void. And there is more to life than just what we're doing every day. And there is an afterlife. And what's going to happen to us when we die? Are we certain what's going to happen when we die? What kind of life are we going to have when we're living here? And then you just bombard with all these other obstacles. And it's amazing to me. Even in the midst of, of COVID, the pandemic, and now we have the Omicron, the variants, and more booster shots, and taking this, and don't take this, and do this now, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, and that and that tri- trickles down to our economy, and and the uh, fear factor uh, rises, and uh, it's just it's just a whole ball of uh, um, hurt at one time, and yet people that come to our doors. They are seeing like they are transforming their lives. They are finding jobs. They are finding affordable housing. We're big on that. There's a great big housing first uh, push that's been through the nation for many years. Uh, but we want to do more than just get somebody in a home. We want them to be successful, happier, more productive, and be able to handle the stresses of life and, and the things that have caught them down. You know, the things that have tied them down to addiction, those things that have tied them down to bad relationships, those things that have tied them down to being homeless and begging on the street, and then seeing that they can be more productive in life. And so when they come in our centers, uh, they have a place to stay. They don't have to worry about their food. They have counselors. We have classes. We have education classes, computer classes. Uh, literacy classes, uh, English as a second language class. We have a medical clinics. Uh, there's such a blessing that can see the men and the women and the children that come to our centers. It's a free clinic. We have one in each center, uh, and it's a separate organization, but we birthed it. It's called the Miami Rescue Mission Health Clinic, and so they have everything pretty much what they would need uh, to become successful in life. Does it always work? Does everyone that come in the door, you know, win the golden prize? No. Sometimes people relapse, and that's what happens in life. People start off, and then old influences, or maybe they just uh, can't handle success, and they seem to, to relapse. But you know something? We're not going to look down our nose if they come in the door. In fact, we go out and search for them. We want them to come back. Uh, they're not lost. As long as you're up and about and can breathe and walk and talk, you have a possibility uh, of having change in your life. So we are appreciating all the testimonies we hear every day. It is really great when you come on campus. If you've ever volunteered or would like to volunteer, come on campus. You'll hear the stories yourself and be blessed. In fact, if you would like to volunteer, you can go to caringplace.org slash volunteer. We have many opportunities on-site and off-site that you can help us. We can do food drives, hygiene drives. We just had tremendous toy drives. And, and you can make a real difference in someone's life or come down and help us serve meals, help us with landscaping projects, painting projects, just makeovers, just uh, so many different ways. Become mentors, work with kids, uh, whatever really that you get uh, satisfaction at. We're trying to match your skills with the volunteer opportunities. And I just want to let people know yesterday was a great day. Uh, we had our drive-through toy giveaway. Normally, we'd have we close the street down on Christmas. We'd have a great Christmas outreach. We'd have bands and meals and food and all that great stuff. But because of COVID, we will still want to be safe. So we're using our church property up in Miami Gardens. It's perfect. A drive-through where the, the families could come through. They were pre-registered, and they, we had toys. We're just so thankful for our supporters uh, for providing right the last minute uh, all these toys coming in, and they were all blessed. And they got not only the toys, but they got food and other items. So, again, we had a great day yesterday, and we can't do it without you. So 
God bless you. Have a safe week. Have a Merry Christmas. And we will see you next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org.